0: Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, a brutal battle was fought in tight quarters against Lamb's cronies. Their foes having been defeated, our heroes made a plan to relocate the orphans of Lamb's operation and headed below Relby Mercantile to dig Lamb out of his hideaway. The cursed campaign continues
1: now.
2: Everybody and welcome back to the Stoke Curse podcast. Hey, Griff, we're heading to a boat, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on a boat, and it's going fast, and I got a nautical-themed Pashmina Afghan. Hmm.
3: I think that <laughs> yes. probably
2: has one of those, right? Uh, he
0: probably lost it a while ago when he went broke. Doesn't have many clothes left. Yeah. It's like, I was, I was actually kind of thinking about this today. Like that meme that gets shared everyone once and again that's like me going on dates, the girl I'm going on a date with day one, like, oh, he's got a nice shirt. Date two. That's another nice shirt. Date three. Oh, first shirt again. Date four. He has two shirts. He has two <laughs> shirts.
3: I've never seen that meme. Is that just not part of your life?
0: No. Everyone knows I got a shit ton of
4: shirts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dig it up. We'll dig it up later. Okay. But we could have one boat. I would say we could have this boat except I know how much maintenance a boat takes which is a lot.
2: Yeah, and this one hasn't gotten its maintenance in a while. It reminds me I've been to a couple ports in the Caribbean and because it's a very touristy area, they'll keep these like decrepit old boats either kind of like this lashed to the dock or they'll kind of park them somewhere in shallow water so that people can mess around in them or or like look at them look inside of them without going underwater and this reminds me of that they also like sink them and make them the kind of reefs over there but this situation for me in real life would kind of give me the heebie-jeebies i don't really like being on a rickety boat and i've seen enough of like and you've probably seen a ton of these too steve like Mm the the kind of thalassophobia you get maybe it's not thalassophobia it's another phobia but when you see like a container ship up close oh boy so i think i think i did mention in my
0: player introduction that i work in like supply chain visibility but i mean i've been to a whole bunch of container terminals and logistics is my job so like i've seen that stuff up close and i 100 understand what you're saying i have it like when you get up next to a ship that is that large and has that amount of stuff on it you just kind of get freaked out i don't know why i can't explain it it's
4: like a vertigo almost a little bit weird yeah Yeah, it's
2: just because it's so big and then your mind starts to wonder and it's like well how deep does it have to be to that to for this ship to Mm -hmm. be that big and i don't i don't like that and i think it's even scarier if it's docked because then you're like, wow, if I fell off the dock in between, it would be a hundred feet deep or whatever, <laughs> like right off the dock. Mm.
3: Another thing that's wild to see as far as container ships is you come in, you see one that's fully full and then you watch as everything's been slowly taken off and how much it rises out yeah. of the water. It's a lot. I also don't like water. The like idea of a cruise makes my entire body feel like it's going to seize up. Uh, absolutely not. I do not want to be stranded on a boat.
2: I think that's interesting how many not often addressed fears get addressed in situations like this where it's like you never really content check your players like, hey, we're going to be on this rickety boat. It's going to be in this like murky water and you've already fought sharks in here before. That's a legitimate fear that people have Mm -hmm. and hate this kind of scenario. Just like people are afraid of spiders or whatever, Mm -hmm. Steve. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those maybe I, I would never say that's a content warning that I would that I'd put out to people. Like, hey, are you uncomfortable
4: with boats? <laughs> Boat but it's warning. a valid fear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of the thalassophobia for like open water that I don't know how deep it is. But on boats I'm fine. Like I've been on I've been on uh boats before and like in stormy seas at rocking back and forth. I think that's kinda of, I don't I don't get like emotion sickness or anything, but there's certain times In deep water where I get freaked out. I don't like deep trafficked water.
2: Hmm. That freaks me out a little bit. Like I've been on a sailboat before on the Chesapeake Bay and, you know, we're a 20 foot sailboat, not a very big sailboat. And when you cross that, when you cross the shipping lane and you see off in the distance, the cargo ship coming towards you and they don't have anywhere they can go and you're hoping that the wind carries you across the shipping lane before (laughs) this boat comes it's leviathan yeah exactly this thing that would absolutely crush you
3: sailboats in particular are the worst type of boat that could ever exist well that's what you're getting on it really it's a sailboat yes you have nothing that can control it but the wind you are literally stuck between mother nature below you and above you and you have no other control that's it you're just at mercy
2: Oh. And so you're really enjoying playing a druid, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> She's not the water
3: well, order. No, it's okay. The, the
1: druid you work with, you work with your less at mercy. You'd be mercy. great at a That's, sailboat. That is I mean. what the sailboat does. You have to position the sails so you catch the wind in the right way and you steer yourself. But
4: Haley's a druid just so she can ensure that she has that uh that oh, wind
1: you control. That, you know, the wind. I need the yeah. control.
3: <laughs> That's why I need to be the druid.
0: (laughs) I've read some Pathfinder fiction that's mentioned in a couple different books, like having a druid on your sailing vessel to help with the wind and that kind of stuff. It's cool. I think it was
2: actually in the newest Mwangi Expanse lore book. They talk about ship mages and how valuable they are. I haven't got there yet. Yeah, they're really cool. And and it's, you're the most, because they talk about Blood Cove and stuff like Mm -hmm. these piratey places and. You know, pirate cr- crews find ship mages super valuable. We're going off on a tangent here, though, <laughs> and I, I'd like to bring it back to the task at hand, which is getting on this rickety boat. But before we get there, I do want to give out this episode's hero point. And this one goes to Haley for two reasons. The first reason I thought it was really great and a really well timed critical to. Wild Empathy blew the dog and get the dog on the side of the children, protecting the children, Uh, and how much you cared about that dog was really good role play. In addition, I made a rules error to your detriment last episode. And so uh, you deserve a hero point for that. And I think, you you know, we're all new to this, but call me out whenever that happens, because that's hero point worthy as well. What we messed up last time was that your reach weapon actually can threaten the square next to you.
3: Yeah, which is different than 1E. Yeah,
2: in 2E, reach is a 5-foot bonus to how far you can attack, which also leads to different interactions where you can attack things that technically are 15 feet away on two angles, but it still allows you to attack adjacent foes. So kind of like natural attacks worked in 1E, it just applies to all reach.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's what blew my mind, is there's a section of the rules that specifically calls out, yeah, two diagonals is fine with a reach weapon, which 1E, it's absolutely not the case there. It's, it's a rule that breaks a rule. It's kind of cool. I like it.
2: <laughs> so this Hero Point is sponsored by our friend Thomas, who says, As a surgery enthusiast and a druid, does Mir know what is the most ecological way to rid of blood stains? I'll give you a hero point for the answer. Oh <laughs> This one came Wait. with a requirement. Wait, what? What, what is the most uh, ecological way to remove blood stains?
3: Man, I mean, cold water, not hot, is always better. You always want to use cold water. If you use hot, then the blood will get stuck um, in whatever you're trying to get out. and then
2: Well, he really put you in hot water here yeah Ooh, that's
3: what I, I mean like i know lots of running cold water specifically will get rid of fresh blood better than hot water because the blood will like curdle and then stick into whatever you're washing out
2: are you supposed to blot blood
3: you are um supposed to blot it
2: okay hmm. yes. how neat is that guys learning a lot today about
3: and then,
0: <laughs> hiding blood stains
3: yeah and peroxide always helps but that's not very ecological i don't think <laughs> I don't know. The first thing I think of is like cold water. And then if you're just trying to like straight up cover the color, then you always want to do um the opposite color. It's uh same theory actually with makeup. They'll they they have green makeup specifically to cover uh red spots. So if huh. you're just trying to cover up color. You can do something, uh, maybe rub a leaf on it, I guess that would be. But if you're trying to get rid of cold water is the only thing I can think of.
2: Well, Thomas, that was good enough for me. You're not here to say if it was good enough for you, but your uh, a point awarded. I'll
3: uh, Google later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so last time you guys approached this ship, which prompted all of this boat talk today, and it is level with the dock where you are. So you find yourselves up and around The ship on this rickety dock, you're all taking precautions not to stay in one place for too long because of the creaking. And you're also probably moving deliberately because it's a bit slick. But I'll say you all make it to the dock just, or to the boat, just taking your time, but not taking breaks. And so you would be entering from the north.
0: Right. Before we actually board this boat, Vex kind of going to put a hand up. Halt, everybody. Now, before we go further, I do have a question I'd like to ask the group. Now, it's not that I disagree with what just happened. I figure eventually we would have to be fighting those people. But I thought the plan was to make some sort of deal, scope this place out, then come up with a larger plan to either infiltrate or do whatever. That all went to hell, though, when somebody was recognized, failed to disclose that information to us and we kind of did things in reverse order. Been a long time since I've killed a man, so I'd like to know why I've done that. Would you care to explain yourself? Mr. Shadow.
4: I suppose if all eyes in the party are turning towards him, he'd read the room and, uh, say, well, I suppose I owe everyone an explanation given that, uh, my presence here has caused negotiations to fall apart. I'm sort of putting things together myself as we go along here, but this, this nine lives thing, I suppose you've heard the saying that cats have nine lives. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but if the rumors of the city and the stories I've heard from the Shawanti are to be believed, this may not be my first life. I know that sounds crazy, and that's why I was hesitant to explain this, but uh, from what I've heard, that seems to be the case with me. Okay. I'm a rather open-minded
0: individual but I'd appreciate maybe a little clarification. Do you remember
4: another life? Do you think this body is not yours? I don't I don't have any memories of a prior life, but the circumstances of how I found myself with the Showantyar are strange to me. And although I came to Corvosa recently, these people in the city seem to recognize me as someone they once knew, it seems. Someone they rather disliked. Someone... That I now believe was killed by Gadren Lamb, it, uh, which was the reason I came to the house with you all. And he would pull out the card that says, I know who killed you and show it to everybody.
0: Well, now I understand why you were reticent to share this information with us before. That's
4: quite the catch. Yes, I first it seemed all like a coincidence, uh, you know, just one of these stories. But from hearing how this tales from the Shawanti and Thousand Bones, it's it's all sort of matched up. They claim to have found me as a as a child uh, a few years back. From their tales, the the tone of my skin seems to mark me as one who was was raised from the grave. And he would pull back his fur a little bit and show that he's got gray skin underneath. Um, and even in the places where his fur is white, like these like skeletal markings around his body. When he pulls back the fur there, it's gray skin underneath, though.
3: This honestly sets Mir back. Like, she's not very comfortable with that idea of being brought back to life. And she's going to stay quiet, but maybe take a, a small
1: but noticeable step away. Sylvie is actually kind of intrigued and curious on how this could happen. I don't think she would have ever heard of something like this where memories weren't connected. And yes, there's very powerful healing magic, but this seems different. So she actually takes a step closer without getting too close on this rickety dock. Do you think you are truly alive?
4: Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I I do believe that. It would be, be very strange to me if I was not or if I was some sort of undead. I The Shawanti might have some skepticism towards me joining their group if I was.
1: You have fought well protecting our group and wanting to help these children. I see no trouble continuing on with our mission, but I do think we need to be honest with where we come from. So we do not have any more unfortunate occurrences such as this.
4: Yes, and I understand if some of you are hesitant to have me in the party too. I believe me, these circumstances don't quite sit well with me either. I don't have any memories to, to back up these, these stories at all, but I, I feel things sometimes. My, my sleep is sometimes restless. I am plagued by dreams sometimes that I don't understand or fully remember. And uh, when I focus in combat, I feel a connection to... I don't... It's hard to describe things, spirits, maybe. Um, I'm working through these things with Thousand Bones. He wants me to concentrate on them, but... I, I can't quite make any sense of it right now. But if you'll have me in the party, continuing with you, I... I promise to be open about these things and hopefully not cause any more mishaps like this last event.
3: Well, if you're going to help save the children, then I can't complain much. We should get going.
0: And in the future, if you think someone's going to turn on us and blow a plan, just let us know ahead of time. It'd be great. But otherwise, I don't mind that out spit you back out at us. That's okay for me.
2: Make a perception check, everyone, but Diego.
1: All right.
2: Ooh. 19.
1: 10.
3: 17.
2: Diego, what's your stealth DC? Ooh. 10 plus your stealth modifier. 15. 15. So, Mirror and Vec notice this. Mirror might actually be the one that thinks on it because she's a barber when Diego is running his hands through his hair showing you the color of his skin you, you would expect something to rub off on the parts that look like they're tribal paint but nothing does Mir, you think that's the natural color of his hair
3: Oh, I would have assumed it was a good dye job. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool.
2: Indeed. Wow. You put the pieces together because he seemed confused at what a barber is in the first place.
4: So he probably <laughs> didn't have his hair dyed. Sometimes I go to get my tips frosted. <laughs> <laughs> it's the style of the Shawanti. <laughs>
3: I didn't know don't, the Shawanti were boy band.
4: Don't, don't <laughs> Mate, put Guy
2: Fieri in,
0: <laughs> in the, of the show. <laughs> it's not the 3990s anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: boy. So you have this discussion and what you see in front of you is the deck of this ship open to the elements. But then the aft of the ship is closed into a room, maybe a captain's quarters or something. You can't tell from here, obviously, from the outside. There are a couple portholes you could look into, but aside from that, there's... You'd kind of have to get up and deal with the rocking and whatever to look through the portholes. It might just be easier to go through the door. That's not to lay the inevitable. Let's get on this damn boat.
3: Absolutely.
2: Because we have no one trained in crafting or in some kind of engineering lore, you're actually not able to recognize that this dock cannot bear weight. This deck is rotten through. And so the two members of the party in the front, Diego and Sylvie, presumably, as they step onto the ship, the floor gives out.
3: Oh man!
2: You can roll me a reflex save to grab an edge unless you have another ability that allows you to use athletics
4: or acrobatics. Nice. Good roll for me. 17 for a 22.
1: Nice. Ooh, starting out strong. I rolled a 19 for a 28.
4: Okay. Diego, would you have
2: your maul out? I imagine so, I would. So you would not have a free hand. Oh. And unfortunately, what that means is the degrees of success are different when you don't have a free hand. On a success, since you have no free hand, you fall into the bowels of the ship so, and take five points of damage.
3: I have a question. Is that, is that because it's a two-handed weapon?
2: hmm Yeah.
3: But, so he can't grab onto it with one hand while he's walking around?
2: I would say he if he's walking around with the weapon out, he's likely walking around like ready. ready for combat. Okay.
3: I, because I putting saying. a
2: hand on a weapon would cost him an action anyway. He may as well draw the weapon. if <laughs> if, okay. if he's, yeah, if he's, so if he's walking around with the weapon, I'm going to say he's walking around with two hands. Now, Sylvie... You critically succeeded, and you do have a free hand being a swashbuckler and only having a light one-handed melee weapon out.
4: So you grab the edge. You hear a yowl as Diego disappears down into the bowels of the ship. (laughs) Now, the way grab a
2: ledge works, you still fall in. You just don't take the damage. Oh! So you land on your feet. Diego lands on his back and takes some damage. I'm going to need you guys to place yourselves on the map.
3: Man, there's a good cat joke in there somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have the racial ability to land on your feet? You might.
1: Oh. Which might
4: reduce the falling damage for you. Yes. I only take half damage, and I don't land prone. It's the land on your feet cat hook ability. So Diego
2: looks <laughs> like he tumbles. He tries to reach out with the kind of the edge of his maul to try and hook it on the side as he falls doesn't, but does kind of a backward somersault. Looks like he's going to land on his neck and then just twists in the air and lands right on his feet. So you only take two points of falling damage. Sylvie, you take take none.
1: Sylvie looks surprised at this last minute movement and just looks over at him. A graceful recovery. Impressive.
2: So Sylvie and Diego fall into the bowels of the ship. Mir and Vec I'll say you guys are on the dock. There's a hole in the ship where these guys just fell through. Uh, Now that you see the hole, you can skirt around it and enter into the captain's quarters if you'd like. You all right down there?
4: It uh, hurt a little bit when I fell, but I landed on my feet.
1: Sylvie? I am just fine. Mir is
3: more acrobatic than is if there's any amount of skirting around to get into the captain's quarter Mir would be able to just start going forward if Vec wants to hold off a little bit that'd be smart
4: <laughs>
2: yes I will do that thank you sure Mir you get around and are the the rotten door is not locked it just opens and you see in these captain quarters a staircase down those of you in the bowels of the ship do see a staircase up
3: is there anything in the captain quarters of value or of note
2: what you see is well you you feel it this thick mustiness in here mold and mildew have propagated in this wet environment and you see thick cobwebs all over the interior of this this room It looks cleared out. If there was anything in here, it has been moved.
3: It's already been salvaged.
2: How Uh, about Diego and Sylvie give me a perception check? Nine here.
1: 16.
2: Yeah, you, you smell the air, rank, mildew. You see several barrels, crates, and other containers stacked here and there, and dust and grime cover the floor, except where the river has created water puddles in maybe the deepest depths. However, Sylvie meets Beets. Yes. You notice coming from the corners of the room these kitten-sized spiders.
1: Oh! Oh, no.
2: And they have these red bands. They look venomous. Oh, this is why you brought up my arachnophobia earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is a bad up for Steve and I. It's <laughs> terrible.
2: And, <laughs> and I only need an initiative roll from Vec now, because everybody oh. else has rolled me
0: a perception. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Probably most appropriate for me to roll perception too then, right? Yeah,
2: there's no reason for you to roll anything else unless... Mm, diplomacy it is. <laughs> unless you're really trying to balance and want to roll your acrobatics.
3: I actually uh, no thanks. I actually have not done any perception.
2: Oh, then I need a perception check from you as well as you maybe hear the scream of Sylvie as <laughs> <'cause> these <laughs> spiders encroach on her screens. Are you implying
4: Diego wouldn't scream? I guess he hasn't noticed.
2: He didn't notice <laughs> them.
4: <laughs> my cat, my cat uh, one of my cats ate a spider yesterday, so I'm hoping I could do the same in this combat.
3: Gross. <laughs> Your cats, one of them is a little wild.
4: And that was her.
3: Of course it was.
2: <laughs> yeah, we all knew which one you were talking about. <laughs> it was a nine for Diego.
4: Yeah, unfortunately.
2: Vec, what's that perception look like, bud? I got a 14. 14, not bad. Yeah, with an oracle perception, I'll take it. Mir? 23.
3: 23. So maybe I also could sense that Figgy could tell there was trouble or something.
2: Side. Figgy smells bugs, so maybe oh, he's gotten maybe excited. Mm, there you are. Is... He's probably
3: real excited to eat the spiders. Figgy's <laughs>
2: champing at the bit. He's ready to eat these spiders. So, Mir, you are first to act, but what we see in the bilges is a spider springing up from over this these dusty crates. Another one, you just hear these fast pitter-patters of small point like appendages, eight just as these crawl from out of the webs. Another one appears from around behind the crates and two more show up from the the sides of the staircase that you see that go up. It's dim in other areas of this hold, except from where the sun is shining through the area where you two broke through. Mir you hear Sylvie cry out. Your first act.
3: I would be right by these stairs in the captain's quarters with that door open since that's that's how we last were placed. So really quick before she heads down, she would call to Vec, There's stairs in here. Come on. And then she would go down the stairs.
2: So in Pathfinder Second Edition, stairs are treated as difficult terrain mm-hmm. all the time. So it'll take two squares of movement to get down the stairs instead of just the one.
3: That should be fine because I'm basically right in front of the stairs. So I will go down the stairs and I would be immediately surrounded by two spiders. Right?
2: Yes. Now there are railings around these stairs, so you couldn't really are They have some cover to you and you have some cover from them as you're coming down from the stairs. They don't attack at you.
3: They don't attack at me. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Spiders aren't animals, so I'm not worried.
2: (laughs) No love for vermin?
3: (laughs) No. Um, Rude. (laughs) I might not send Figgy down yet, because there's not a lot of movement without being right there in the spiders right now. So I will duck under the railing to get out and go behind one of the spiders that is next to the stairs, um, closest to Sylvie. So now at least the stairs are not locked if Vec or Figgy need to come down. And that should be the end of my first action movement. Mm-hmm. That's all of the movement I've got. And I will actually go ahead and, again, not gonna bring Figgy down quite yet. Only because it's such an opportune moment to do a solid electric arc and hit two of them. Hell yeah! Okay. So I will do an electric arc, in which case I need a reflex save from both of the two by the stairs.
2: Is there anything about things in between the two creatures getting electric arced?
3: Nope. Okay. As long as they're within 30 feet of one another.
2: Natural 20, natural 17. The 20 will critically succeed, take no damage. The 17 will be a 24. Which
3: doesn't critically succeed. <laughs> okay,
2: so that one will take damage.
3: Alright. Half and. damage. Ooh, Maximum damage, though. So, 4 plus 4 is going to be an 8. So, 4 points of damage, the one that only saved. Not, not wonderful, but it's damage. Mm-hmm. And that is all 3 actions for my turn.
2: Okay. The spider that you zapped, that's right in front of you, spits a web at you. Oh. 20 to hit.
3: That will hit.
4: Damn, nothing but net. You're immobilized.
3: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Let me see what that does.
4: The good thing is, it's not as bad as, res- as restrained, which is, I think, the the one that, like, you have to, like, keep trying to escape from. Immobilized is just, like, if you are grabbed, it's the thing that makes you not able to move out from your square. Can't use any action with the move trait.
3: Yeah, so immobilized is where I cannot use any action with the move trait. If I'm immobilized by something that's holding me in place and an external force that would move out of my space, then the force must succeed at a check against my DC of the effect of holding me in place. I don't know how that would apply with It
2: would just be if this tiny spider decided to bull rush you out of the spot that you're stuck in. It would have to make a check against the DC of the web in order to push you out of that square.
4: Or if she goes down and we try to drag her body. Yep, exactly. You'd have to. The creature will then
2: use an action to move into your square because it is tiny. Yep. And it's going to bite you.
3: Seems not very nice.
2: Okay. Okay. How is a 15 that probably misses?
3: That does miss!
2: The next moves into Sylvie's square, so it jumps off these crates, hisses at you, and moves into your square. I don't think this hits. A 17 does not hit you.
1: No, it does not.
2: It then attempts to attack again. Unfortunately, a 16 misses as well. The spider at the in the four of the ship that was behind the crates is going to move and attack Diego. So it moves into Diego's square, attacks him. Natural two misses. And just attempts to attack again here. Ooh, natural four will also miss. The final spider got zapped by that electric arc. It's gonna move into Mirror's square.
3: Didn't take any damage. <laughs>
2: 15 doesn't hit you, correct? Correct. All right, final
4: swing. Okay, how about a 19?
3: That does.
4: Do two creatures, tiny creatures in someone's square, not make them flat footed? I guess we would be flanking here.
3: Okay. So then. Would the 15 have hit? Yeah, because that would take my AC down two. Yes. So yes, that would hit.
2: Okay, so the first hit deals four points of piercing damage, and the second one deals one point of piercing damage. I need you to go ahead and make me two fortitude saves.
3: All right, so here is the first one. It is an 18.
2: 18, you're good.
3: Okay, and then the next one... That's a 19 on the die.
2: Okay. You're fine. You're still immobilized, however.
1: Yes, I I figured.
2: (laughs) Sylvie, you're next to act. There's a spider on your leg.
1: So is she able to just leave the square or does she need to take an action to physically remove the spider from her leg?
2: You could just leave the square.
1: All right. Follow-up question to that. All of these spiders have now entered the squares of the of the characters here at the bottom of the ship can sylvie tumble through diego's square that has a spider in it or at least attempt a tumble through yes perfect
2: i believe you can just move through squares with tiny creatures in them
1: well i want to tumble through to get my panache but if i (laughs) That's not like a thing You can certainly
2: tumble through. I don't believe you're at risk of being stopped by a creature that's uh, two or more size categories lower than you. Let's get a confirmation on that.
4: In most cases, you can move through the space of a creature at least three sizes larger than you. Likewise, a bigger creature can move through the space of a creature three sizes smaller than it or itself or smaller. Tiny creatures are an exception. Yeah, I mean, they can move through creature spaces. It's not like that was a movement for tiny creatures so is tiny tiny isn't three sizes small tiny is
2: only two sizes smaller so yeah you'd have to tumble through anyway
1: okay oh boy not great with a 13
2: okay and tumble through is against my reflex DC yes you fail
1: ah uh, so she
2: your movement stopped is stopped movement. in front of Diego yep and you're not attempting to tumble through the first spider you're just stepping out of its square
1: yeah, she was just trying to tumble through Diego's sure. square.
2: Now you could always try again.
1: All right, one more time. <laughs> Even worse.
2: Two she- failed tumbles.
1: Yep. She looks down at the spider that is attached to her, and she strikes out at it. Okay. Now I roll well. That is a 26. That'll hit. Fortunately, don't get my extra damage. Max damage with eight.
2: Well, you didn't need the extra. You skewer the spider. Yes. And it curls up. Its legs curl up on the end of your blade.
1: You thought you could get the jump on me. Sink again.
0: (laughs) Vec, you're next. All right. He hears uh, Sylvie kind of talking to herself. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Sylvan talking to down here. Runs down about halfway down the stairs. So he's right next to Mir. Actually, he's just kind of in the middle of everybody. And he sees that there is a spider on Diego. Uh, Sylvie is spearing a spider directly through the abdomen, and Mir is covered in two spiders, and he turns to the camera and says. What have we gotten ourselves into this time? <laughs> We're gonna have a Deadpool situation. Get no, right no, no I'm not- He doesn't do that. But he's going to look at both of these spiders in mere space and cast electric arc. Okay. As electricity arcs out of the tattoo on his wrist. A little bit of reflex for these guys.
2: Absolutely. Sure thing. The fourth wall is a load-bearing wall. We can't take that we down. We can't take it down. <laughs> not this early in the podcast. This time, the other one gets the natural 20 get out of here these dice are good baby i got a good set on me right now but the other one only gets a 15 that is a failure okay all right so full damage on the 15
0: three off a d4 is pretty good we're looking at seven points of damage on
2: that one it's a fried spider the other one takes no damage so move an electric arc that sounds like your turn Mm-hmm. Again, he had to take off his big leather bracelet. And
0: since last time we recorded, I have seen Twilight and realized that Edward Cullen wears a big leather bracelet. And that had no idea that I was writing that into my character. And it was already part of something Robert Pattinson. Did. Good job. I think, so, think you just instinctually knew. I think so. Big Twilight fan now.
2: <laughs> All
4: right. Hit me up on the Discord. We'll talk about it. <laughs> it's Twilight a little less hard. Hey. I'm a vampire. And that doesn't preclude you from having had art of Robert Pattinson in your house and just seeing that bracelet. You didn't have to watch the movie. So I did already have that. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Shame. Diego. Okay. Can or can't attack a creature in his own square? He can. He can. Okay. He's going to look down at it and look to the other party members and say uh, they thought they had some legs up on us and roll to attack. I don't think he's going to rage for this. No. You're not going to rage for the spiders? I would like to not get hit more than I would like to do more damage than I need to. 11 to hit. 11 does not hit the spider. Mm -hmm. Roll attack again. 17 to hit. 17 does hit the spider. Okay. Minimum damage. Five points of damage. Squashes the spider. Yes. Yeah. And then I suppose he would move over around to the back of the ship. Um, to queue up against the spider that is in Mir's square. And that's his turn.
2: Okay. That spider It's on Mir, but it is Mir's turn.
3: All right. So Mir is going to use one of her actions to command Figgy. (laughs) And she would like Figgy to come down the stairs, which I think he can get down...
2: You can get down the stairs in 15 feet. How much more does he need to move? He can move through Vex Square and then diagonal to get 25. Does he have 25 feet of movement? He does
3: have 25 feet of movement, and that is exactly what I wanted. As Mir says, it's dinner time. (laughs) 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 And with that, she would want him to, you know, have a snack. So... He's going to bite with his last action.
0: You don't want to go eat a
2: snack like
3: that.
2: <laughs> Does he like spicy food?
3: We'll see. Uh, 19.
2: 19 <laughs> bites into the spider, crushing it and killing it.
3: Nice. one
2: health left.
3: Yeah. Oh, I was saying. to Figgy, yeah. Figgy gets his three. snack.
2: <laughs> and you're out of combat.
3: Figgy's happy.
2: Could you guys make me a perception check? Absolutely. Or why don't you tell me what exploration activities you're doing at this point? There's no combat happening. You could be uh, seeking, maybe scouting. Yeah, I think I want to change my
0: exploration activity later. There's something else I want to do once it seems like we're going to be going down into the bowels of this thing, getting towards where Gadron Lamb is. But for right now, I'll just seek. Seek here as well, I think is what I'd naturally be doing.
3: So you guys are searching? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Do you want a perception check then, Griff? Well, yeah. people are figuring out. Okay. Natural one. Ooh, uh, not that. I have a 17 off the die. We're looking at a 21.
3: I guess Mir could start to do some scouting with Figgy. I think that would be okay.
2: Okay. I will say if you're going to scout, you got to be at the front of the party. Yeah. Okay.
3: She's ready to, I mean, she she wants to help. Look for what's going
1: on. So she will scout. Sylvie is going to search. 17.
2: Okay. Vec, Mm -hmm. find a secret passage. Ooh.
1: Ooh.
2: I've got
0: great news for you all. Those kids were telling the truth. This was not a trap
2: yet. And it exits from the southern side of the ship. When you open this rotten wooden plank, you find a narrow space that exists under the fishery with about three feet of room between the floor of the eastern side of the building and the languid foaming river below. Wooden pilings support the building, and thick mats of moss and cobwebs hang from ropes and rusted chains between them. A wooden walkway floats on the river's surface, Winding along the inner walls of the pilings that supports the building's frame above, the walkway leads from the sodden ship to the east all the way west to a s- small two-and-a-half-foot square door that leads into an understructure below the fisheries land-bound half. The pilings below this understructure are densely arrayed, leaving only
4: narrow gaps into the water below that area. Okay, so a horizontal secret patch- passage back to the building. Yep. I was confused initially when they said there was one of them because I, I thought I would have to go straight down, but it makes sense. You had to go down, and
2: then interesting.
4: Looks like there's another dock,
2: just floating on the surface of the river.
3: Yeah, and Mir-, Mir can continue to scout ahead with Figgy, which means I mean, I mean, I'm gonna go at half my speed, but everybody will get a plus one to initiative.
2: That sounds good. Let's move. I need acrobatics on the pier.
3: Oh no. Okay.
2: It is slick. Every once in a while, the river swells, putting an inch or two of water over the surface.
3: Mir striding forward and leading the way with a 24.
4: Okay.
1: Sylvie's got this with a 26.
4: Sure. Diego has average athletics or acrobatics with a 10. With a 10.
0: And carrying himself marginally better than Diego... Beck is got a 13.
2: Okay, so Mir and Sylvie, you can move your full speed. The other two can only move half, putting some distance between the group. That's one movement. I need an acrobatics for every movement across this pier. Okay. So why don't you guys move yourselves as you... Where did we start? You're going to start through the open door that the difficult terrain begins the first square of the dock.
3: But if I'm scouting, I'm half speed. Ah, yes. Uh, I have uh, I have 25 feet of movement. So, so at half
4: speed, you get 10 feet. Yeah.
3: So okay. I would move 30 feet.
4: Sounds like Griff's wanting one for every action that we're spending, right? Acrobatic checks for each action.
3: Okay. For each action. Yeah. So move me 10 feet. I Would presume everyone, I mean, you guys aren't even on there then yet.
2: Well, I'll just I'll take it for the round. If you're going to spend the full round moving, I'll just let you. Yes. But if Sylvie's, or if Mira's leading, then basically you're capped at half speed anyway. Okay.
1: Sylvie's going to be stealthy then if she has to move at half speed. So she's can she switch her exploration activity to avoid notice? Yep.
2: You can switch it once you guys have figured out that there's a secret passage. You can switch your exploration activity to something else. I would love to do that as well. That's a great idea. So you're going to stealth as well? Yeah. Okay, remember that if you fail, you move half-half speed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this round, Mir can move 30 feet. Sylvie can move 30 feet. Diego can move 15 feet. Vec, if you're not doing anything that reduces your speed, you can move 30 feet. Okay. Because you can move half speed. So go ahead and move yourselves 30 feet down the pier. Move Diego 15.
3: So I'd be one up. I mean, yeah.
2: Since Diego's in the back, it doesn't matter too much that he could only move (laughs) half of half. I need acrobatics checks again, though.
3: Yes. I rolled in. I got a 20 total. So 20 15 total. plus five.
2: Sure. Right. Nine. 13 here. Also a 20. It's once again a tale of two cities. The girls succeed. <laughs> the guys fail. Uh, however, Vec failing goes just as fast as everybody else because he is not being stealthy. So go ahead and move yourselves another 30 feet. Beck looks at uh, Diego like, Ooh,
4: we're, we're getting lucky. They don't notice. <laughs> we're really screwing up back here. <laughs> well, it's understandable why Diego is moving slowly because he's a such big guy and he doesn't want to give away these creaky planks. If you think about it too,
2: stealthing and being this hulking cat folk, this pier is like three feet wide and you're touching river and you feel it rise and fall with the with the current it's floating and so it's definitely not a steady surface and feels iffy. Makes sense. Go ahead and give me one more. Let's see if we can get the whole group behind the door. Yeah, Finally 23.
3: I would already have been. 22.
2: You can be at the door. You probably don't go through it. You could perceive at
0: the door this round I suppose. Let's see about the acrobatics check because uh, it's an 8.
2: Okay. 8 fails. Which means...
4: You continue to move at half speed. Oh, okay. Eagle might pass you by as he's moving. He might creep around you. Yeah? Uh, Vec moves at your full speed at this point. Okay, F- <laughs> But I mean, yeah, once we're all up... <laughs> Tries to sneak by me.
1: <laughs> Only a 12 for Sylvie, but I think she's kind of up as far as she can go right now. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so with this turn, Mir would w- Mir wouldn't even be on the dock anymore. She would just be going in. Like I can't move anymore. Okay,
2: so you're just going in.
3: I can't move anymore.
4: I understand. Do you want to like no. listen, at do listen at the door? Do you want to listen at the door? We don't or do know what's wanna... behind it at
2: all. I
3: could listen at the door last turn. That's what I'm saying. Like I, if it's... we're doing three actions, two actions would have put me here. Okay, so last then listen time. at the door. Okay, so perception. That's a seventeen.
2: Seventeen. You don't hear anything on the other side of the door.
3: Okay, so then starting at the next round, I would have. Opened the door and yes. went in, and
2: yet, well, you missed the trap
3: ah. at ah. the door,
2: which collapses the dock.
3: Oh, oh no. come on! There's nothing else I could have done.
2: So the the what's tying the dock together as this door opens without unlatching the trap starts to split apart.
3: Oh no! Mm. And
2: you see a large fin crest the surface of the water.
3: Oh my gosh.
2: Oh no. No, 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 no. That perception is your initiative. I'm going to need initiative from the rest of the group. You can use acrobatics if you like or stealth if you were stealthing or just a regular perception.
3: Do I get a plus one because I was scouting?
4: <laughs> yes.
3: So 18 Don't forget, everybody else gets that plus one, too.
4: This is bad. (laughs) Seven. Real good from Vec. Diego got got a 22, but the situation is is dire.
1: I rolled a one. So (gasps) that's a nine with that plus one from here. Oh, no.
2: Third natural
4: 20 of the night. Get those dice tested. Yeah, I also have my doubts.
3: I understand we work with Diehard, but did you work a little extra with them?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe file a little bit off the side. Listen, you, <laughs> use the promo code Curse right now, and you can get weighted dice like me.
1: <laughs> They're not very cursed dice. them
2: Griff sent you. <laughs> They're get curses, your cursed dice.
1: Curses for the players.
2: They call them the Curse Bestowers because they, <laughs> they bestow curses on others. Steve, go ahead and bring bring out that large shark. Menu. Yep. Mm. It is swimming between the pilings on this side of the of the map. And it just presses the surface. It's actually not you that falls in. You see the the pieces attached to the boat have kind of drifted away, making it an issue for you to retreat. And you also see this small red cloud follow it. Looks like maybe Chum.
3: So this is mighty concerning.
2: Shark swims in a straight line and sees everybody now, like, kind of ankle deep in the water on this struggling to float piling and walkway. It swims forward and bites at Vec.
1: Does it swim right up to the dock?
2: It has 10 feet of reach. Oh, no. Buddy, that is my fourth natural turn.
1: Oh!
2: Uh, Fudge rolls or uh, weighted dice? Who knows? <laughs> One of the two. Minimum damage on that crit, though. Eight damage. And then it uses its final action to grab you. No. Damn, Diego, you're next to act. Okay. See this shark, m- this jigsaw shark, much larger than the specimen you brought here, rise out of the water like a scene from Jaws, and just bite Vec across both his legs. Vec cries out as it then almost
4: upends him. It has him in its teeth. So it is. It's swimming. A- amongst these pilings. Are these pilings that rise all the way um, beyond our level? Or are they like- They're supporting the structure above. The structure above, okay. So I can't get on those. If I wanna get up to this creature, the only way I'm gonna be able to do that is if I get in the water too. What are the, what are the penalties for attacking in the water? Are there any? Do I have to make a, 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 sw- a check to stay afloat in the water? So in aquatic combat,
2: you're flat-footed unless you have a swim speed. Weirdly enough, you gain resistance 5 to acid and fire while you're in the water. You take a minus 2 circumstance penalty to melee slashing or bludgeoning attacks that pass through water. Ranged attacks that deal bludgeoning or slashing damage automatically miss if the attacker or target is underwater, and piercing ranged attacks made by an underwater creature or against an underwater target have their range increments halved. You can't cast fire spells or use actions with the fire trait underwater and there's some other, at GM's discretion, some ground-based actions might not work underwater or while floating. I would say I'm not going to be very harsh on this, especially because there's a lot of things to push off on in here. You could still push off from the dock if you hopped in the water here.
4: Okay, but I think if I go in the water with my maul, I may It'll have be a minus two to I attack. May, Yeah, I may not be able to hit as easily. Diego is going to call out to Mir and say, "Mirror, there's a shark here. Is there anything you can do to calm it down? He's going to jump in the water. Sploosh. Sploosh. And trying to stay afloat with some of the the refuse that's floating in here, too. He is going to try to raise his maul over his head and bring it down on the shark's head. Man, who knew a cat could tread water so well? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Natural 20, though. Natural 20 will hit. Well, 27. 27
4: will hit. So that's a crit. Awesome. Boy. Okay. So, did not say I was raging for this, which I probably should have, um, but I'm playing this as it is. That is going to be 26 points of bludgeoning damage. Hit. Huge hit.
3: Dang. The shark yes.
4: is still alive. Okay. I've got to roll again. It's not. I don't think it's worth raging again on this turn, so we'll see if I... Very, very much a less chance of hitting. That is only a 14 to hit. No. And even less with the water. Okay, that's my turn. What a massive hit. That's, that's what Barb's are supposed to do.
3: <laughs> Mir can't do anything for this animal besides heal it in combat. Go it ahead, takes, I'll take it. It does take a full minute to make an impression on an animal. Oh, okay. okay. So okay. the wild empathy, that's a make an impression action, which is a minute of conversation and I would have been able to potentially move it from hostile to indifferent, but that's certainly not gonna happen in combat. With that in mind, I'm gonna stay still and do what I can, which is an electric arc. So I will need a reflex save.
2: I'm gonna use my new lucky die. (laughs) (laughs) I wanna throw those dice in the trash between episodes. 27.
3: That critically succeeds, so. No. No damage. Yep. All right. So that's two actions.
2: Notice I didn't say that was a natural 20, so. But it was still pretty high. <laughs> All right. Two actions. Electric arc.
3: And so for my last action, I guess I will. I can. Oh, I don't want Figgy to get hurt.
0: Well, I'm in its mouth right now. <laughs> I don't think it's going to let aware. go of me to bite Figgy.
3: I get that. <laughs> Mir will, with her last action, command an animal, command Figgy to hop in and try to... Attack? Yes. Okay. So Figgy's gonna hop in.
2: Is Figgy's bite piercing? Yes. That's what you want. It's the one you want.
3: So that's good. 17 on the die plus 5. 22? Meets beats. Yes! (laughs) That's not good for my future. (laughs) I rolled pretty poor there. It's a D8 and I rolled a 2, so 4 damage.
2: Because of Diego's crit,
4: the shark is dead in the water.
3: Oh! Oh. Yes!
2: (laughs)
4: Mira, I don't know what you said to it but it seemed to have calmed down (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh If you Oh my god, I can't
0: imagine The jaws relax, the thing slumps back into the water and Vec just like kind of
4: falls on what's left of the dock Can you imagine trying to plink that thing down normally like with all the shit it can do?
3: Oh, that's very concerning, yeah
4: Oh, Here's a little art of that encounter
1: Oh, that's amazing! I love
4: it! That
2: looks accurate. That's
3: a big
1: shark.
2: Unfortunately, you have opened this door.
3: That's correct, yes.
2: The air in this large room is chilly and stinks of the river. Thanks to a huge opening in the floor that drops away to the river shore three feet below. Several pilings emerge from the waters to support the roof eight feet above the floor, with mossy ropes slung between them. In two places, rusty manacles hang from ropes over the water, Two five-foot-wide walkways cross the hole to the other side of the chamber, where a collection of old cabinets, lockboxes, and piles of clutter are strewn about. Chipped porcelain plates, a cracked goblet, badly rusted silverware, an old wooden shield with a crossbow bolt embedded in it, the odd dinged helm, and other treasures litter the floor of this side of the chamber. Three tables heaped with clutter stand amid this mess. In the southwest corner, a wooden door provides access to a walled-off section. However... Rattling in the chains above the water here is a child Mere recognizes, hanging from his good arm and his broken arm in these manacles. The chain is attached to a pulley, which is being held by an aged, angry-looking man. The child dangles just six feet above the water, and Gadron Lamb stares at you. Well, I thought you might be coming. I heard you were here nine lives. You must have dealt with my men. I thought I'd put you in the ground already. The word round the city is that you've been running amok once again. I wonder if your bleeding heart can deal with another dead kid. Drop your weapons into the pool there and I'll let the child go. He turns to Mir. Mir. Thanks for patching him up. Wasn't that good of a job though. Can't pick pockets. Not worth the price of keeping him alive, really. Make a perception check.
0: During the monologue, Vex stands up.
4: Are we are we all like You guys are yeah, in the room? In the room now? Yeah. Okay. Whew, I was worried I'm floating out here. <laughs> <laughs> He's monologuing to you. Why are you floating with a dead shark carcass? Everyone perception checks or just mirror? I would say everyone. 10 14
1: Natural 20 for a 25
4: Hell yeah
3: And Mir got a 23
0: Girls just supporting this party.
4: (laughs) You guys are carrying right now
2: (laughs) Well besides your massive crit Mir and Sylvie you realize that This is a legitimate threat Bobbing In the water You see the large head of an alligator In this pool In this room And I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time Oh, man. Guess we're surrendering.
4: See you later, alligator.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fool. The Bestow Curse podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.